Today is Tuesday, March 28th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Three children, three adults are dead after a 28-year-old woman who police say is transgender executed a cowardly planned and targeted attack on a Christian school. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast. We're bringing news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe. Give us a rating, share it with a friend. You can email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. A lot coming up on the podcast today, including taking a deeper look at this terrible shooting and the details that flooded in last night. Also, we're going to talk to Trey Gons Phillips about this ESPN story. They're under fire for a bizarre Women's Month tribute. And on the main thing today, a pastor who is punished for preaching in the UK found himself in a battle to secure his rights. Billy Hallowell has this pastor's story. But first, we're going to get through the news in 90 seconds. And three students and three adults were killed in a disturbing attack yesterday at a small private Christian school near Nashville, Tennessee. A 28-year-old woman named Audrey Hale entered through a side door carrying two assault-type rifles and a handgun. Hale then proceeded to walk the halls and killed three students and three adults before being killed by police just before 10.30 a.m. local time. She was reportedly a former student at the Christian school. Police at a press conference yesterday said Hale identified as transgender, but details were initially confusing. At this point in time, it appears Hale is a biological woman and goes by male pronouns. Several mainstream media outlets then issued updates, changing all of their pronouns to he in their write-ups, ignoring Hale's God-given identity and honoring the killer's preferred pronoun instead. Police identified the victims as nine-year-olds Evelyn Dykhouse, Hallie Scruggs, and William Kinney, and school staff members Cynthia Peake, who's 61, Catherine Kuhn's 60, and Mike Hill, 61. Police also released security camera footage of the killer shooting her way into the building After entering through a side door, Hale then climbed the stairs to the second floor where she then opened fire. When officers arrived on the scene, Hale shot at them from an upstairs window. The police chief said that given the amount of ammo Hale possessed, most likely things could have ended up a lot worse with more victims but two officers. Officer Rex Engelbert and Officer Michael Colazzo fired and engaged the 28-year-old Audrey Hale and fatally wounded her bringing an end to the shooting. Engelbert's a four-year veteran. Colazzo is a nine-year veteran. President Biden responded to the shooting yesterday by first awkwardly joking about ice cream and how much he likes it. It was a, a scene that got criticized by some in the media. Eventually, he got to the shooting and called on Congress to pass his assault weapons ban. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at cbnnews.com and clearly this event is incredibly disturbing the information has been fast and furious since late last night and yesterday evening as more details come in the video has come in you can see the assailant walking the halls it's very chilling after she gunned her way into the building police also said that 
while they are not ready to officially comment on the motive yet, they did say that the transgender identity of this killer did play into this planned and coordinated attack. Hale was a former student at the school, and so look for those details to be coming in today as to more of the motive of this just horrific and heinous attack that left six dead, including three children. This happened in Nashville, where a number of Christian singers and musicians reside. So many of them are in Nashville. Lauren Daigle and Carlos Whitaker are participating in a vigil with prayer and worship tonight. Drew Holcomb posted that they personally know the victims as everyone is offering their prayers and their heartfelt concern for these families that have gone through the unthinkable. So our continued prayers for everyone involved in this senseless act of violence. All right, I want to head on over to Tregon's Phillips now, who has the details on a story that ESPN is getting criticism for after they honored a man during Women's History Month. Trey, what are the details here? Uh, yeah, ESPN ran a segment celebrating Women's History Month uh, featuring none other than Leah Thomas, uh, who we've talked about plenty of times here at Faithwire and, uh, and CBN News. Uh, Leah Thomas uh, is male, uh, but identifies as female. Uh, and earlier, uh, well, actually it was last year now, uh, became the first transgender athlete to win an NCAA Division I championship uh, while competing uh, on the women's swimming team uh, of the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, so a, a narrator with soaring music in the background uh, described all of these things that I just talked about uh, while showing videos of Leah Thomas uh, swimming uh, on the, the women's team, despite the fact that Leah Thomas is male. Uh, and then at the end of the segment, Thomas comes on to the, the screen uh, and says that he's been identifying as transgender, uh, not by choice. Uh, Thomas went on to say that people will say, oh, she just transitioned, so she would have an advantage so she could win. Uh, and then Thomas said, I transitioned to to be happy. Uh, and then there was a tweet that came out by Riley Gaines, who's an All-American 12-time swimmer, uh, and she was not happy at, at all uh, with ESPN's uh, decision to feature Thomas uh, on this particular segment of celebrating Women's History Month. Yeah, what did uh, what did that swimmer end up saying in that response? <laughs> Yeah, so Gaines is obviously in her own right, obviously actually a female uh, and very accomplished. Uh, she said Leah Thomas is not a brave, courageous woman who earned a national title. Uh, she went on to write, he is an arrogant cheat who stole a national title from a hardworking, deserving woman. Uh, Gaines then went on to condemn the NCAA for allowing Thomas uh, to even compete as a woman uh, and stated that if she was a female who worked uh, at the Disney owned ESPN uh, gains this is she's saying this about herself that she would have walked out of ESPN walked out of her job at ESPN uh, if she had learned uh, about this segment because she just thinks it's so it's just so shameful obviously that uh, that in a segment this is a repeating segment that the network is doing yeah. and in this particular one featured um, a, a male uh, as, as a woman uh, she ended her tweet by saying you're spineless ESPN uh, and again repeated her her 
her comment. If if she worked at ESPN, she would have walked out and wrote hashtag boycott ESPN. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, I can imagine it's frustrating for the women who compete. Right. And then it's hard enough to get to the top of any sport, no matter who you are, or what level you're competing at. It's hard to get to the top of that. And then now for women to have to be competing against men, it just makes it all the more difficult. Is there is there any more layers to this? Is what, what ESPN was trying to accomplish here? Um, any any further context? Well, I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of, of several years ago now when Bruce Jenner, who transitioned to Caitlyn Jenner, and then won the year that he transitioned uh, to being Caitlyn, uh, he won the award for Woman of the Year uh, for a magazine at the time. Uh, and it's just so I think this has just been a consistent drumbeat that's been escalating and escalating. And certainly, um, I think in the last two or three years has been something that ESPN and other sports networks uh, major sports networks, we should say, have kind of really picked up on. But I think the most interesting piece, piece contextually here uh, is that it came just a few days uh, after World Athletics, which is the international governing, governing body for track and field uh, and other running-related sports, actually announced that it would no longer allow transgender athletes to compete against women. And that ruling has been something that people have been watching for in the sports world for a while to see, okay, what are they going to do? And ultimately, in a statement, Sebastian Coe, the president of World Athletics, said, decisions are always difficult when they involve conflicting needs and rights between different groups, but we continue to take the view that we must to maintain fairness for female athletes above all other considerations. And then in an additional comment, uh, World Athletics said uh, that they decided to, quote, prioritize fairness and the integrity of the female competition before inclusion. Uh, so obviously, I think everything ESPN chose to air for this month was was probably packaged and, and set in place before this ruling came down. Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting that it's happening just days after uh, this ruling from World Athletics. This is obviously a huge topic of debate. And I think one that, that it's it's kind of otherworldly, Dan, that we're even having this conversation, right? That 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 men should be allowed to compete on women's teams. It should be a like no Obvious. brainer. Yeah, it should be no brainer. Um, yep. But uh, you know, I'm glad we have people uh, like Riley Gaines who are speaking up and saying, "Look, at the end of the day, the only people this is hurting is actual women." Yeah, and you look at now the polls coming out. Wall Street Journal had a very interesting poll with how Americans are viewing things, and there were steep declines in patriotism and what they think is important. But one interesting thing in that poll, there were a lot, but one that I really thought stood out and that relates to this story is that people felt companies should not be taking political stands. Like that number was very low. I don't have the exact number in front of me, but I think it was in the thirties perhaps. So not a lot of support for companies jamming down and and what do we see now in all these ads? They've all decided that, well, we need to be socially aware and we need to make a statement of where we stand. And you see all the shoe companies doing transgender sort of ads and things of that nature, marketing clips. So interesting to see if that pendulum starts to swing back sooner than later when you start to yeah. see these poll numbers that people are, quite frankly, sick of it. 
Yeah, well, I think it's interesting, too, that ESPN is owned by Disney, and we've seen similar polling just on Disney itself, specifically uh, over the last couple of years uh, when it comes to favorability, and their favorability is going way, way, way down because they've chosen to engage so heavily in political issues. And I just don't, I, I don't understand it because poll after poll after poll shows people are not interested, right? They, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to be preached at um, by these corporations, yet they're continuing to choose to go down this route. And I think it's kind of, it's kind of reaching a boiling point at this point. Yeah, certainly is. And again, one of these stories that we'll continue to report on as we see these trends happening more and more in culture. So appreciate bringing that one, Trey. We're going to move to the main thing now. Pastor David McConnell was preaching in Leeds in the UK back on June 8th of 2021 when an interaction with an individual ignited a firestorm that landed him behind bars and leaving him battling to secure his rights. Billy Hallowell has McConnell's story on today's main thing. So, David, you ran into some trouble in 2021 that became somewhat of a legal nightmare for you. You were out preaching. And take us through what happened. Well, on that day, a normal day for me is is to get prepared, get out into the central part of a city or a big town in England, set up and begin to preach and engage with people. In the UK, most people are very apathetic to the Christian faith. Um, so I like to set up properly. Um, I like to be on a stand so people can see me. I use amplification. I, I preach in a way which is um, interactive. People can uh, ask questions and engage. So I have a lot of uh, preaching like that, which, which has a lot of dialogue. And uh, on that day, I'd been preaching for about 30 minutes. Um, I had some bits of interaction with some, um, like some some young Asian lads, um, and then uh, as I was preaching, I was uh, I was I was approached. Well, um, uh, there was there was a there was a young young man in, in women's clothes with a friend who turned up, and then um, then I was approached with a question uh, from this uh, individual who who asked a question. Uh, and the question was, does God accept the LGBT community? That was the question. Um, he asked the question in the microphone. People were waiting for a response from me. And what I normally do is somebody asks a question, I'll say this man has asked a question, this um, this lady's asked a question, this gentleman's asked a question, then I'll, I'll repeat the question and then I'll deal with it and we'll engage with it. Um, on this incident, I knew the question, I, I discerned the question was to try to tempt me a little bit and try to catch me in saying something, you know, that they could take offence to. However, I know me rights in this country that I can still speak on these subjects. Um, so I began to speak on it. So I addressed the crowd and I said, this gentleman's asked a question and began to um, deal with the question. However, the the people that are in the crowd started to, um, you know, begin to heckle and make an issue with the fact that I'd referred to him as a gentleman. And uh, they started to say, this is a woman. Uh, can you not see she's a woman? She's just as much as a woman as I am. 
And, you know, this individual said, I'm a woman, darling. And I, I was just repeating back and saying, no, I don't agree. This is a man. Let's move on. Let's, you know, deal with the question, try and answer the question. That went on for around a, a minute or so of just back and forth dealing with the heckling. And then eventually I was able to move on from that, began preaching. But by that time, um, you know, he began to take offence, phone the police. And um, and then I carried on preaching for around for around an hour after this. Um, the atmosphere changed. The crowd grew, took more questions from people. There was times where it was a really good atmosphere. They were all just sitting on the sitting on the ground in the in, in the sun in the middle of the the street uh, while I was continuing to preach the gospel. That's the reason I'm there. I'm there to to preach Christ. I, I want them to hear the good news and, and and be in the kingdom of God. So I'm preaching that message, and then uh, the police turn up, um, and, and and then there's some in the crowd who are causing trouble. They try to steal me equipment. One person actually does steal me amplifier while they're all clapping and celebrating and so forth. And then eventually the police, eventually the police, um, they uh, asked me to step down. I did. And as I was speaking with the officer, who originally was happy for me to leave the scene and for him to, um, you know, deal with it later on, I was willing to leave. Uh, given me details, but when I explained to the officer what had happened, that a man in woman's clothes had asked me a question regarding LGBT, he uh, he really just got triggered at that and decided to put the handcuffs on me and took me off. And then can I uh, can I can I pause for just one second on this because yeah yeah as you're telling as you're telling me this story, you know I'm in America, First Amendment right, so I'm yeah, thinking. Yeah. What exactly is the crime that you're accused of at that moment that would land you in handcuffs from the perspective of the police and the crowd? What's the crime? Yeah, yeah. So, so in the UK, we have, um, we have the, the Public Order Act. And within the Public Order Act, there is a section, Section 4A of the UK Public Order Act, which is, um, which is intentionally causing somebody to feel harassed, alarmed, or distressed by using threatening, abusive, or insulting words or language. And um, so the police have arrested me on the basis of thinking I violated that particular law, which would say that that by me um, referring to this man who identifies as a woman as as using male pronouns that I've caused I've caused him to feel um, distressed by my words and that my words were actually insulting. So, and and and, and that the police has arrested me for that. And um, so, yes, yeah, so that's the. Can that's I ask you? So one other question about that could it's just so interesting to me and a very foreign concept to me, right, that this is that this is an order that could be implemented in that sort of way, because it's not something that we would generally at this point, at least here in America, deal with. 
couldn't somebody argue that forcing you to use language that you believe to not be true could also be distressing to you? I guess you know, it's just it's it's an interesting element on the other side of this. If I say to you, well, you have to say this thing that you truly believe based on your faith is not true in order to not get arrested or in trouble, that would seem to be distressing to you. Would you I, I don't even know if you could answer that, but would you be covered under that as well? Well, it doesn't seem as though I, I am being covered because throughout this whole process, I don't think anybody's even mentioned anything to me about any of the distress that I've even experienced. I mean, even on that day, I was I was literally threatened. I literally had my things stolen from me. And it's as if, like, you know, nobody has, you know, cared at all about that, except the Christians right. who've been supporting me. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, compelled speech is just like, you know what we're experiencing here the pressure from you know from from the authorities from from police the the power that you know people maybe in 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 the within the lgbtq plus community feel as though they have a have on us to suggest that you know we must refer to them by pronouns um you know is you know it is well that is, that is distressing but um yeah well, so so they arrest you. They put handcuffs on you. I want to get into what happens after. This is 2021, right? You just had a resolution to this this week. So this has been going on for, you know, almost two years now. What what happened that day when you were arrested? Well, what they do, yeah. So I was obviously arrested. I was taken to um, Ellen Road Police Station, which is which which is in within Leeds uh, District and uh, booked into the station. Um, had all my belongings taken off me, my um, you know, my body camera and so forth, booked in, and then um, put into the cells. So I was in the police cell um, for for fourteen hours. Um, I asked for a duty solicitor. Um, no duty solicitor got in touch with me throughout my whole time in there. Um, so and, and I, I wasn't released until the next morning, around six in the morning. So in all, I was I was locked up in a cell for like fourteen hours. That was Dave McConnell. You can watch our full interview with him over on our YouTube channel. You can also read about it over at Faithwire and CBNNews.com. All right, Billy. Thanks for that conversation. There, it's more and more. I mean, the UK. Seems like a lost cause when it comes to freedom of speech. I mean, Trey, you've reported on the woman who was arrested for praying silently outside of an abortion yeah. clinic. And so it concerns me that as people move to want to get away from the American Constitution, and they call it negative, that America's bad, et cetera, et cetera. And then we see countries that don't have an American-like Constitution and the things they're doing with free speech. And you connect the dots and say, ah. I don't know if we want to go down that road because we're getting a preview of of kind of what it looks like. Yeah, well, I think if <laughs> if the UK is a harbinger of things to come, uh, which oftentimes it is, uh, maybe America's not as bad as we thought it was. Yeah, I don't maybe know. not. Maybe not. But <laughs> all right. Nevertheless, we're going to move into the last thing here. This is what we have time for, and we're going to look at Proverbs eleven. Yeah, so Proverbs 11, too, and I actually think with the context of what we've been talking about on the podcast, this is the perfect uh, passage to end on. It says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Yeah, that's a great verse, and it's it's convicting because, look, we're all sinful. We're all 
self-centered. Yeah. The old joke, you know, when you look at a family photograph or a group photograph, who do you look at first? You, you find yourself in there and see what you look like. So we, we all have that embedded in us. And so we have to ask God to humble ourselves. How can we help us humble ourselves so we can put others first? Because um, it, it's, you know, pride, nothing good ever comes of pride. So that's where we're going to leave it for the podcast today. As always, Lord willing, in that creek don't rise. We'll see you back here tomorrow. God bless.